Welcome to the Be Happy Remote podcast with your host, Sam Roberts. Join us as we talk practical tips and first steps to do well and be well whilst working remotely. This is a podcast for remote and hybrid workers and the HR or development professionals that enable them. Hello, all my lovely listeners. On this episode of the Be Happy Remote podcast, we are diving into possibly the most important topic, um, one I get a lot of questions about when it comes to working remote, and that's how to stay visible when working remote. Alrighty, so in today's episode, we're going to start off by talking about why is it actually important to be visible and have a visibility strategy when you're working in a remote or hybrid position. Then we're going to go into that strategy um, by asking who, what, where, and how questions. We're going to share some tips that you can implement, but also we're going to share some questions that you can reflect on because your visibility strategy should be tailored to you and your organization. And you are the ones that know that best. So I'll leave you with some questions to reflect on. We're going to talk about some persuasion tactics that you can implement um, as part of this. And finally, we're going to talk about your personal brand because it's all well and good to be visible in the workplace. But if you're not curating that visibility strategy around your own personal brand and what image you want reflected out in the organization, then all this works for nothing. So you want to be presenting a particular image and a consistent image, importantly. So we'll talk about that when we talk about personal branding. But let's get stuck right in. Most remote and hybrid workers are, I think, acutely aware that there is a risk of this out of sight, out of mind approach. So the risk of not having a visibility strategy could be that you're being overlooked for some interesting projects, some challenging projects. You're not being promoted as quickly or having as good performance reviews. And potentially you're missing out on those relationships and connections at work that make work enjoyable, but also easier um, and make you more successful on the job. Some of the negative impacts of a lack of visibility could be a sense of feeling overlooked or undervalued, demotivated and disengaged, Um, losing confidence in your ability even potentially um, because you're missing out on those opportunities to really tap into your skills. So there are two types of biases, recency and proximity bias, which are why a visibility strategy is so important when you're in a remote and hybrid role. So proximity bias, first up, this is the idea or phenomenon where we favor people that are physically close to us and like us. So if you're in a hybrid environment, unfortunately, that is probably the in-person people that are benefiting from that bias. And you are unfortunately not. So the second bias is a recency bias. And this is the idea that we take our most recent interaction or perception of someone and then look for evidence to reconfirm that fact or what we feel is a fact. So you want that recent memory when you're going into a review season or performance um, evaluation to maybe promote you, that that's being what they remember is a really positive one rather than, oh, who is that again? Let's get into strategies, the practical stuff here. How do you actually remain visible at work? And there are four questions you're going to ask yourself. Who, where, what, and how? So first up, who do you actually need to be visible to? This is a stakeholder mapping exercise. So I want you to pull up a Word document and jot down 
Who do you actually need to be visible to? Think about your team, your department head, your manager, your company leadership, key stakeholders who you collaborate with or engage with, your customers. What is it? So write all those people down and then put two circles on the page, one inside the other. And in the center of it all is you. You can pop your name down there. Then in the first circle, I want you to write down those people from that list you just created who you already have some degree of influence over. And then in the outer circle, that's where you're going to pop the people that you don't really have any influence or interaction with at the moment. And this is going to help you prioritize your visibility strategy and map out who you should be engaging with. The second question to ask yourself to develop your visibility strategy is where do those people get their information from? So what channels are they a part of and what meetings are they a part of? What communication are they getting access to at the organization? Um, and then once you've got that list together, for each one, work out, are you a part of that channel or that meeting? And if you are, be honest, are you engaging? Are you speaking up? Are you visible in those environments? So that is your first opportunity there. If you are already in them, but you are not speaking up or you're not commenting, then that's the first opportunity for you to become more visible when working from home. So these channels could be recurring one-on-ones, team meetings, company town halls, um, Yammer communities, Slack communities, email, all of that good stuff. Connected to that with emails, the other thing to think about is if you are doing great work and getting great feedback, do the right people know about it? So maybe you need to forward it or CC them in it. And I know that can feel a bit icky at times, but honestly, other people are doing it, so you should be too. One final piece to this where question, where do they get their information? Think about the people that they get their information from. So who's got their ear? Who are their most trusted advisors? Because these could be the people that could be advocating for you or talking about you in the rooms that you're not invited in, in those channels and those meetings that you are not a part of. So any channel or meeting that you're not a part of, think about who's in it, but also think about who in general that your key stakeholders get information from and find opportunities to collaborate with those people because they are the people that will talk about when you, you when you're not there and they all provide that social endorsement, that peer endorsement about how great it was working with you, how switched on you are, whatever it might be. Um, and that endorsement is always going to have more weight and more value if it's from someone they trust um, rather than if it's coming from you directly. So the third question you're going to ask is what do they care about? So those people you jotted down in question one, what do they actually care about? And the first bucket of that is their role. So what does their role have them care about? What are their priorities, objectives, goals, whatever word you want to use? What are they focused on? And they might just be willing to tell you if you ask. Um, but otherwise, you can work it out from their conversations. What are the things they talk about all the time? Um, or how do your deliverables potentially feed into that as well? So get a list of that going. I've seen people do this on an Excel document with each person's name listed or in a Notion template, pop their name in and add your bullet points next to it. Think about what experience you could maybe draw on to help them in each of those priorities, objectives, or in at least one of them. Or maybe there's a high visibility project you could get on or 
become a change agent or champion to help with a change that aligns to one of their priorities. Try and get that face time wherever possible. But beyond their day jobs, people are human. They're passionate about other things. So try and get to what some of those passions are for each of your key stakeholders and add them to your notes. Might sound a little creepy, but it can be very helpful. When you're on a call two minutes before anyone else joins the call, what are you going to chat to this person about? Oh, well, I know Abraham is interested in surfing, whatever it might be. Maybe they're a mental health advocate. They support their team really passionately with career development. Or they're the life of the party at the in-office social events. There's a particular charity or cause they care about. Maybe they're all about home decor or an upcoming marathon or they're a family man. There's so many things that we can all possibly care about, but at least know one or two things for each of your stakeholders and try and keep note and remember them. Shows that you're listening and that you care about them as a whole and it will really help you build trust over time with them. It's not just about visibility, but using those opportunities of visibility to build trust and credibility with them. Maybe there's even a committee in the organization that you can join that relates to one of those. So we've asked three questions so far, and that is who, where, and what. Who do you need to be visible to? Where do they get their intel? And what do they actually care about? So now take all of that and ask yourself one last question, and that is how. How can you help them? Now, of course, there are many ways you can help them out, and it will depend on what their objectives are and their goals are. And also, you'll know your business best, so that'll help you define how you help them out and what your own personal area of expertise is. But a few things to think about. First up is can you save them time, money, or any other resource? Make their lives a little bit easier, and that will usually make them happy and think of you in a positive light. Could be something as easy as creating a template or asking why when looking at a workflow and cutting out some of the inefficiencies. Hopefully there's a quick win in there for you. The other thing you can do is offer to share your knowledge, train the team on something or speak to another team about what your team does. That is a great way to raise your visibility and be seen as a team player. The other thing you can do is collaborate with others or work independently on a project that actually contributes directly to one of their goals. Now, that's not always going to be possible depending on the stakeholder. You may not get that one-on-one -on -one time and that time to directly work with them. But if you can find a project that directly relates to their goals, that is the dream. Um, if you can't, maybe you want to be speaking to your manager. Put your hand up for something that related to that project. Make them know that you're interested in a project like that that will help gain that visibility. The other thing you need to be doing is work out how you can surprise and delight your key stakeholders. So it's not just about being visible to them and building trust with them, but also having a positive impression. So one way I like to surprise and delight, very simple. I like to send a recap email after most of my calls particularly if it's with one of my key stakeholders that I've mapped out. I will always do a recap email for one of them. So it's just another touch point, another excuse to be in front of your stakeholder, um, in this case, in their email inbox. But people love a recap email. I've been getting great feedback on it. It keeps everything in one place. Um, and the next time you chat to them, you have that record um, as a bit of a cheat sheet to go off next time. So it's one way I surprise and delight 
my stakeholders. So there you have it. You've started fleshing out your visibility strategy by asking four simple questions. Who, where, what and how. I would recommend if you have a mentor or sponsors, whether they're internal or external to the organization, check in with them about your visibility strategy as well. We talked about this a little bit in our episode about mentors, um, but they are a great resource for you to workshop and think through these things with. And it's important that these people that are um, engaged in your career know what your goals are, know what you're targeting, who you're targeting, um, and they can help find opportunities for you maybe to speak on a company panel or to take on a project that works with a key stakeholder you're interested in, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I never want people to be saying yes to everything, taking on more than they can handle because that's just going to lead to burnout. But a big part of visibility strategies are showing initiative and being vocal about what your skills are, what your strengths are and where you want to develop. Last up before we move on from the actual visibility strategies and tactics, we've got a couple more tactics for you that are a bit more unusual or creative, if you will. So first up, make sure you've got your face on all your communication. As a remote and hybrid worker, you're doing a lot of asynchronous communication, meaning communication that is not happening real time, uh, where you and the receiver aren't communicating at the same time. Uh, in the conversation. So you want them to see not just your name, but your face. If you're sending an instant message or um, on the company social media or sending them an email, you want them to see your face. Um, a great thing here as well is if you use Stream or Loom or another video service, they're asking um, you a question. You could just send them a quick video. It's way more personal than sending an email for many things. And it's a Great way to get your face in front of theirs. We prefer talking to people than just names behind a screen. Another thing you can try is be the person that gives recognition readily. So yes, recognition is great for the giver and the receiver um, from an employee engagement standpoint, from a social connectivity standpoint, but let's put that to one side. For you, when you're thinking about a visibility strategy, recognition is great because it is another reason for your name to actually be in front of these key stakeholders. Even though you're talking about how great someone else is, your name is the sender and your face is there as the sender. So that is a great opportunity for you. Or it's a reason for you to speak in a meeting. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to give a shout out to whoever. Um, another creative strategy or unusual strategy for you to implement is actually thinking about your external social media as well. So you talk on the company's internal social media, great. But another way for you to be front of mind and keep your profile picture in front of your colleagues is actually through external social medias. Now, obviously be careful here and make your own choices about what social medias you are gonna add people to, but LinkedIn would be the classic choice um, for a professional setting. So, you posting on LinkedIn is going to get your face in front of your stakeholders as well if they're engaged on it. So it doesn't always have to be internal communication channels that you're thinking about when you think about where do these people get their information. Your visibility strategy is going to be even more effective if you align it with the seven principles of persuasion and influence. So these are Dr. Robert Cialdini's principles of persuasion. He 
says they dictate human behavior. And I remember learning about this at university and it's really stuck with me ever since in my career. So we've talked about them in many ways as we've talked about your visibility strategy, but I wanted to call each of them out particularly. So we've got reciprocity, scarcity, authority, consistency, likability, social proof, and finally unity. And they affect our behavior and a key to your visibility strategy. So our first principle is reciprocity. So this is the idea that if I do something for you, you feel like you have to do something for me in return. And this is where the how can I help them piece of the visibility strategy gets really helpful for you. So that's reciprocity. Authority being our second principle of persuasion. This is where you can lean on other people's authority if you do not have positional authority or you are not already a trusted partner to the people you are trying to engage with as part of your visibility strategy. So saying things like, I have consulted with person A and person B, or person C has approved this plan and wanted to present it to the stakeholder at hand and get their opinion and feedback on it. So you can use other people's clout um, to help influence and persuade as part of your visibility strategy. Next up is consistency. And I feel like we talked about this a lot through the episode, so I won't go on too much about it. But consistency is key when it comes to persuasion. People want to know that they will get the best result from you every single time and the same result from you every single time. This is the franchisee model. So if you go to a Starbucks or a McDonald's, anywhere in the world, you can expect the same experience. The products might be slightly different, but you can expect the same experience. And that is because of consistency and that helps build trust and therefore influence. Next up is likability. And of course, there is all sorts of room for bias at play with this one. But let's focus on thinking about one way that you can be similar to the person you are trying to be visible to. So maybe it is a common goal that you've identified or it's that stuff beyond the job that you identified where you can find a point of commonality. Find some point of commonality to help them like you. And people that like you want to help you and want to support you and find that likeness in you. Could also just be a good sense of humor, being someone that's easy to get along with, making sure you're making time for that chit chat if that's what the person needs. Next up is the principle of social proof. So we talked a bit before about who are the people that has the ear of the stakeholder you're trying to engage and be visible with, because they are the people that can provide social proof and um, give you good reviews. So if you can collaborate with them and they can be talking about you in the rooms that you're not in, about how great you are, then that is only going to help your visibility strategy. So unity is the idea that by nature, as humans, we want to keep the peace. So if you're getting that visibility, you're more likely to be invited into the next meeting or engaged in this because people don't want to leave you out. People don't want to make you feel excluded. Um, they want to create that unity. So the more you can be visible, the more you're actually going to get invited to other things and be thought of in other situations. Our last principle is scarcity. So you want to seem like the best person for the job. You don't want to just tell them the benefit of working with you. You want to show them the benefit of working for you. And that is how you uh, are helping them with their key of goals is one way you can be showing them that. And you also want to be uniquely positioned as the best person to help them. And by this, I do not mean hoarding information because remember we talked about 
training other people and sharing our knowledge. But by here, they want to see what your skills are and how those are in demand to help them achieve their goals. So you probably haven't finished your visibility strategy in the span of this 20-minute podcast. But as you keep working on it, I want you to also think about your personal brand. So your personal brand is the curated image of yourself that you present out into the world. But more importantly, the personal brand is how other people perceive you. So what is it like working with you? What do they think of when they hear your name? And that's actually a great place to start. So what are five adjectives you want people to use to describe you at work? And these should be authentic and you should consistently act in alignment with them. And that's how you build that brand. So your visibility strategy, a lot of the questions we asked were about those stakeholders, but you also want to think about how you want to be perceived because it should not just be what the stakeholders care about is what your personal brand is. Your personal brand needs to be authentic so that you can build trust um, and the visibility isn't all uh, a wasted time and wasted exercise. In the last company or a previous company I worked with, I actually did start, stop, continue surveys with my stakeholders to help me understand how I was being perceived. So what should I start doing? What should I stop doing? What should I continue doing? So the continue question was a great way for me to tap into how I was being perceived in the organization. I was pretty happy that most of it aligned with how I wanted my personal brand to be, but it also helped me reflect on things that people were receiving that maybe weren't intentional um, and whether they were good or bad or in between, it was just useful to see. So that might be another thing to try. And then throughout the year, make sure you're keeping a brag book. So anytime you're getting good feedback or um, anything like that or had a great milestone or achievement with one of your objectives, write yourself an email and pop it into a folder in your email or open up your brag book. I have one in one of my Notion templates for goal setting. And, and note it down there. That's great when it comes to review season, but also don't make it just something for you. When you have a good piece of feedback, send it to someone. When you achieve something, let somebody know because that is another opportunity for visibility. Um, and you don't wanna be doing all this work and people just not know about it. Ah, oh, so I feel like we covered some really good stuff today. I hope you all feel the same. I know for me, my first step is going to be sitting down and thinking about my visibility strategy again, because I don't think it's something you set once and forget about. It's something that's constantly evolving. So today we talked about why visibility is important, asking who, where, what, and how to develop our visibility strategy. We talked about some practical steps you can take immediately to become more visible at work, some creative solutions there. We tied it all back to the seven principles of persuasion and how you can use your visibility strategy to persuade and influence the stakeholders that you've identified as your focal stakeholders. And then we brought it all back to you and your personal brand, because ultimately when you show up and you are visible as a remote and hybrid worker, you wanna do that consistently and authentically with your own self and your sense of personal brand. So good luck to everyone in implementing their visibility strategies. Remember, this is something that we all need to think about when working remote. I don't want any of you to be out of sight and out of mind and miss out on the career that you really deserve and that you want, because I know we're all ambitious remote workers here. So good luck to everyone in implementing this and always love hearing about people's successes. So tag us in social media at Be Happy Remote and 
send me your DMs. Don't forget to check out all the good stuff in our show notes. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review and be sure to follow or subscribe to stay up to date with future episodes. That's it for this episode of the Be Happy Remote podcast with your host, Sam Roberts. Join us next time as we discuss practical tips and first steps to be well and do well whilst working remotely. Because hey, you can craft a remote career and life worth loving.